Welcome to another special episode of Need to Know Nutrition, the podcast that makes lives nutrient-rich. I am very excited about my guest today. She is coming to you all the way from Canada and is here to talk to us about all things fertility. Sarah Clark is the founder of Fab Fertile, which is a company that uses targeted functional approaches to help couples get pregnant naturally. Sarah is a life coach, a health coach, an author, a mother, a businesswoman, and an all-round incredible human. Today, she shares with us her own personal journey from infertility to successful pregnancies, the moment she discovered the connection between holistic health and fertility, and also the incredible things that her company, Fab Fertile, are doing for couples to help them get pregnant naturally. Sarah is a powerhouse of knowledge and kindly shares with us her tips on mindset, food, functional testing, and fertility. It's time to kick back learn and enjoy this interview with the fabulous Sarah Clark. It's so lovely to have you on the show today, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Firstly, I'd love to chat about your own personal journey and experience from infertility to successful pregnancies. Can you walk us through this chapter of your life? Yeah, so I, 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 my, my journey is an interesting one. So in my early 20s, I remember having um, hot flashes. I was, I was in HR at the time and thinking, okay, I got a hot flash. That's just joking. I had a hot flash, but um, actually, sure enough, that's what it was. So I had hot flashes. I had a regular period. So I was getting my cycle just a couple times a year. I had, I had great skin in my teens. And then in my early 20s, I started getting like acne on my chin and then I was having some yeast infections. So I had all those symptoms, went to see my, my um, physician, and they put me on the pill. So I put one on the pill, didn't address any of those underlying factors we were talking about. And, um, and so then I continued on the pill. And I always had this life plan of getting married at 25, having my kids at 20, 28. So I got married at 25. And then just before 28, decided to go off the pill to then get ready to have my children. And when I went off the pill, my period was still irregular. And that's when I, t- I was told I had premature ovarian insufficiency or failure, as it's known, which is the, the loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40, and was told I'd never have my own biological children. I remember her um, reaching up on the shelf, grabbing the IVF brochure and saying, off you go. And I, I was in like complete shock, like at 28 being told this, in complete shock and, um, and just disbelief but I'm a a person of action. And so I went to the fertility clinic and we got on a list for donor eggs. And this is, uh, this is way back in the day. So almost, yeah, like almost 20 years ago. (laughs) And, uh, um, and so we were lucky enough on the first fresh transfer to have our daughter and she's, she's now 19. And so, yeah. And then, then we had two embryos left over, went to go um, to go back in after a year, wanted the kids close together. And then uh, then that didn't work either. And so we then had to go on another list for a separate donor egg. And we were lucky enough to have our son who's 16. And so, so really after I had my daughter, my, my, and so we're obviously very fortunate to have both our kids with, with donor eggs because it's still only a 50% success rate of that, that working. Yeah. And then, so then after I had my daughter, my health took a nosedive. I remember having like nine colds in one year 
every cold I took, I took I, every cold went to a sinus infection. I took antibiotics for every cold. I started getting chronic bladder infections, was peeing blood, took antibiotics for all the bladder infections, was allergic to all the, uh, all the bladder infections. So I was allergic to all the antibiotics. The yeast infections became chronic. My immune, I had toenail infections, dandruff, you know, the yeast infections I were talking about, my immune system was just low. Although I was still doing my, my thing, I was in corporate at the time, in corporate HR still. And then I decided I was gonna do a life coaching course and bring coaching into the corporate environment. And then when I took that life coaching course, I had my own personal wake up call. And I was like, I love health and wellness. So then I took a health coaching course and that's when I discovered my own issues with my health. So I discovered I had food sensitivities. So I took out gluten and dairy from my diet, later corn. Sure enough, the science infection started to go away. The bladder infection started to go away. A couple of years after that, then I did some gut testing, discovered I had some um, gut infections. So I addressed those. And then the whole other piece of this was the chronic stress, which I actually would have said I wasn't even stressed. But looking back, of course, I was stressed. I had received a, you know, a devastating diagnosis and then, you know, raising two young children and, and work and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, there was stress. And, but I didn't discover any of this till I was 40. I was fully in menopause. And then, so really being able to, to help women similar to me with that POI or yeah, premature ovarian insufficiency diagnosis, a low AMH diminished ovarian reserve when they're being told, you know, your, your options are very low being told with using a functional approach with testing that there's things that there's, there's hope and there's things that we, you know, that we can do to reverse for, uh, that, that diagnosis. Sarah, what a journey. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now it was sometime later that you actually made this connection between your food intolerances, the gut infection and the infertility. So how did this come about? Yeah. So it was really when I started, uh, when I basically did an elimination diet, which is the gold standard to figure out if you have a food sensitivity, I, t- I took out those, those top, um, the top allergens, which are dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, and eggs, processed sugar, took those out. And then uh, lo and behold, some of those symptoms we we're talking about the chronic bladder infections. It did take a number of months to go away because my system was so inflamed and irritated. Um, but yeah, like the, I didn't get the, not every cold went into a science infection. I'd be, you know, and it's interesting. Literally, I can't believe like every cold and I go to the doctor and they write me a prescription and I took it because I thought that's the only thing I could do. Meanwhile, I had like a dairy intolerance. And so, yeah, so able to discover that with the food piece and then, you know, digging into stool testing and looking at those gut infections, which I had, I had streptococcus, I had fungal overgrowth, I had H. pylori, so my stomach acid was lowered. Therefore, you know, I could be eating all those healthy foods. My body wasn't absorbing, you know, the nutrients, I had mineral mineral deficiencies. So all of these things, which, you know, if your body's under attack, it doesn't want to, it wants to survive, not, not procreate. And a lot of times we get stuck on that diagnosis. But, you know, for me and people that we work with, it shows up as infertility. Other people, it could be diabetes, cancer, heart disease, but you know, what else is going on? And so instead of getting stuck, you know, in myopically looking at that diagnosis is to look at the whole, the whole body. And so for me and the the clients we work with, it's food sensitivities and gut infections. And then the stress that we talked about, like really getting honest about your mental, emotional stress. Yes, absolutely. And what a beautiful segue into my next question. So you're the founder of Fab Fertile, which is this incredible company that uses functional holistic approaches when it comes to fertility and conception. So what inspired you? And you've probably nearly answered this one, but what inspired you to create this little gem? Yeah, it literally was because I'm like, I discovered this. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't believe people don't know this. 
Like I, I had no clue that any of this was connected to my infertility and even other health issues, you know, making these simple, simple, but not easy dietary changes and then addressing those underlying, underlying stressors in the body. And so to be able to, to have other people that are, have been told that it's sorry, it's donor eggs for you. When we've helped people get, you know, get pregnant naturally, or if they do need to go to IVF, they can, they can get pregnant with their own eggs. So, and, uh, so it is just to be able to know people, help give people hope. And there's another, there's another option. I think a lot of times we'll get that diagnosis. We may try, you know, generalized recommendations, listening to, you know, to reading books or listening to podcasts, but those, those things are good. It's good information, but are they're generalized and are they right for you? That's why we really believe in that, that, that test don't, don't guess mantra and with a functional approach is very, very personalized. So you can, you know, the diet that's right for you may not be right for me. And we've had people intolerant to lettuce. So, you know, seemingly healthy foods, if you've, and like me, who was on the birth control pill for years and years, which then can predispose you to those gut infections and the food sensitivities and the mineral imbalance. And we see people been on, they come to us that they've got the infertility diagnosis, but they've been on the pill for 10 or 15 years, which that's a huge clue to dig deeper. Absolutely. And side note, intolerant to lettuce. I can't say I've ever come across that. Yeah. yeah like people, yeah, literally. And like even avocados, you know, for like, let's, you know, eat, let's eat lots of healthy fats and people are like, let's pound down the avocados. I had that. And, it, and literally it came, you know, you do a food sensitivity. If you have intestinal permeability or a leaky gut, you can become, you know, intolerant to your favorite foods. And so I've had a test come back where like everything that I was eating on a regular basis, I was, my body was like, I don't think so. And I was, I literally wanted to take the test and throw it in the garbage, but I continued on <laughs> and we were able to then, so it's not forever because those are, you know, those are healthy foods, but as you start to, to heal your gut and um, get rid of those gut infections and, you know, bring in the good bacteria, then, then you can bring those foods back in, but it is to, you know, reduce the inflammation for a period of time. Absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. what kind of practitioners do you have on your staff at Fab Fertile and how do they help couples with their fertility and conception journey? Yeah. So we really believe in this like mind, body, spirit approach where we're, so we use the testing. So we have a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So she's the one that's going to be doing the functional testing. Like we talked about. So there's food sensitivity testing that we do. And really there's no perfect like food sensitivity test. It's a snapshot in time. Um, and it really, the, the gold standard, like I was talking about before is the elimination diet to figure out if you have a food sensitivity. And then we're doing uh, hormone testing using urine. So use the Dutch test. So she's, she's reviewing that. We're doing that stool test. So it looks at the DNA of your stool and the hair tissue mineral analysis testing. Then we're doing blood chemistry re- review. So the blood, so the functional nutrition practitioner, she's going to review those tests and then develop the protocol. And then we have a coach that's going to help someone actually implement it. Cause sometimes people get, get like, Oh, I'm going to do the test. This is exciting. And the, the tests are, these are, you know, cutting edge tasks. There is an investment in them, but then the rubber hits the road. You still need to make those targeted diet and lifestyle changes. So we found that people are that are most successful actually have a coach to guide them along the way to make those changes. Cause they can be simple changes, but they're not easy. So the coach really helps helps with that. And then we also have um, so we have other kind of people coming into the program as well. So we do an exercise consult. So many people, I, I typically will coach like a type A busy professional, a lot of people in the healthcare field, um, people with like multiple science degrees, lawyers, that, that kind of thing. Um, 
And so they're like, let's, they're, they're type A, you know, overdrive. Um, and so the pretending, many of them can be over-exercising. So vigorous exercise is not recommended, which then, you know, can impact your cortisol levels. And then really the next day you could be exhausted. So it's sort of to see, to get the exercise program that feels right for you. So you have an exercise coach in, in the program. And then also we're just looking in the next month or so to include um, a, a, she's like a Reiki practitioner, but she's also, she's also a medium because um, what we're finding is, is, and the, the coaching addresses the spiritual component of this, but even to go deeper is that um, many people that have been told by a well-meaning reproductive endocrinologist that, sorry, it's donor eggs for you. Nothing will ever work. You will struggle. You'll never have your own biological child. That can be like imprinted on your soul or in your mind. And you may think you will struggle and it'll never work. And so it can be very devastating. So to be able to have someone say, you know, if you knew the soul of your baby was waiting, how would you look at this differently? And so be able to release all that pressure and, um, and to know that there's there, the universe or God, the higher power, you know, however you look at it has, has a plan and kind of um, and that is very helpful as well. Cause you can do all the gluten-free, you can do all the supplements, all this stuff. But if you are stuck in not believing it's going to work, that's equally as, as impactful on your health. Yeah. So those are the kind of practitioners. We also have a therapist too, if we find that because it's coaching and sometimes people have trauma and things that they need to, you know, to dig into. And obviously even a, even a diagnosis with infertility can be, can be traumatic. So it is to sort of see if you view it as traumatic, then, then it is. Um, so yeah, therapists, we, it's not all at once with these, these things, it's really starting to make those, those diet and lifestyle changes. And then we layer it in and have the, have the, the coach follow you along and it includes your partner, even though we deal with like female factor infertility, it's to bring the partner in because in the beginning I was just coaching women and it, you know, even the man's like my semen analysis is fine. I'm great. But there's always things he can do to optimize his health and he may not know what they are, but you know, it takes two to have a baby. So we really strongly believe in, in couples together doing this. Sarah, I love this. And, and I also just mentioning all of those lovely professionals that can assist in your sort of fertility and conception journey, I'm sure has already planted the seed in people's minds going, I didn't even consider that something, you know, you know, like you said, people probably turn to diet and, and exercise, but like over exercising, that is a very big, a big deal, big issue. Perhaps people don't or aren't aware of that. And I think, you know, having all these lovely health professionals coming in and looking at you specifically as an individual, as a couple is so beneficial. I'm sure you've had amazing results. Now, uh, for those who aren't aware as well, listening, Sarah also hosts her very own podcast called Get Pregnant Naturally, which is available on all podcast platforms and also via the link in the tab of this episode. Now, there's so many incredible episodes, Sarah, and one in particular that I enjoyed, which was called What Steps to Take When You Want to Get Pregnant? Can you share with our listeners today the steps they can take when wanting to get pregnant? Yeah. And so some of these I've, I've talked about, really, the, 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 the first one is like to, to do the elimination diet with your partner. Start today. It's the gold standard. Taking out those top allergens on my podcast episode, I there's an episode where I tell you exactly how to do it. So how and why to do the elimination diet. So you can look at that episode on, on Get Pregnant Naturally. And really, it just takes you through. So it's 10 days. You can do anything for 10 days, taking out the top allergens. And then at the end, it's not like, woohoo, I'm going to eat a pizza. It's we slowly reintroduce the foods, any kind of symptoms, then we stop eating that food for 60 to 90 days. 
And the whole idea is then to reduce the inflammation in your body. Um, we have you do that with your partner and you go through it and you can bring back in dairy or gluten. You bring those in back in last. Uh, many people, um, some people don't want to bring those back in. So if you don't want to bring them back in, that's fine. Then you'd keep, you'd keep them out for 90 days, dairy and gluten. Those are the, the, the two top allergens. Sometimes people want to see, okay, you know, what does dairy do to me? Um, what, you know, what does gluten do to my body? Uh, yeah. So that, so doing that. And then um, like from a basic standpoint, um, the, the, the things to look at would be like sleep. So many people that come to us have got dysregulated, interrupted sleep, insomnia, you know, can't fall asleep, waking up in the middle of the night, waking up exhausted. So to me, if, and if one of your partners is snoring, that's an indicator, you know, to dig deeper, if that's impacting the whole cardiovascular system. So it is looking at, at your sleep is, is key. Um, making sure you go to bed, you know, before 10, getting aiming for it's seven to nine, but like nine hours is best. Um, and if like, if you've got an infertility diagnosis and something up with your sleep, like that's a, that can then impact your blood sugar the entire next day, which then is impacting your sex hormones. So sleep is key and really being able to optimize that with like for the first line of thing is to take your phone out of your room or at the very least, like put it on flight mode. So you're not first impacted by the, the EMFs, the, electromag the electromagnetic frequencies coming out of your phone, your phone. And second on someone else's agenda where you're scrolling that, you know, scrolling Instagram, whatever, you know, whatever it may be in the morning and night. So doing that. And then um, another thing is to look at the stressors. So we talk about obviously the mental, emotional stressor of, of fertility, like being aware of your triggers like a lot of us when we're on this journey, they're like even seeing a family can be devastating. Seeing obviously seeing pregnant bellies, baby announcements, gender reveals, like all these things like that you're invited to by you know by your friends, and you 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 need to decide either if you can go or you're you're gonna leave you know arrive late and leave early, and to really kind of have a plan around how you're gonna handle that and to educate people around you. So that that part is key, like the mental, emotional side of this and talking to your partner about it. And even you and your partner may, may, may handle this differently. He, he typically will not be joining, making an anonymous Instagram profile about his infertility. He will not be joining Facebook groups. Like it's typically the women that are doing that. Again, that's generalizing, but it doesn't mean he's not equally as, is hurting. So um, he may feel he has to be strong for you because if he, he isn't, then, you know, he, that then sort of feels that, you know, he has to be the strong one, but he, you know, he wants to have a child as well. So those kind of the men and women and how they handle it differently. Um, that's the mental, emotional side of the stressors. And then also like we were talking about before, like addressing those, the other, like the other physical stressors, such as the gut infection that we see with parasites and fungal infections and bacterial infections, couples passing infections back and forth between each other. Um, the environmental toxins, like we're in a big, huge, you know, food experiment with our, our food being sprayed with glyphosate and all the herbicides and that's impacting our health and our fertility, you know, the personal care, all this stuff that we're putting on our body every day. I think the average woman leaves the house with like 300 chemicals that are on her body. Um, at the very least there, switch out your feminine hygiene. So your tampons and pads go to a, 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 um, a menstrual cup or like a, an organic pad or tampon, like at the very least start there. Cause it's not about you panicking and throwing everything in the garbage as each thing expires, go and replace it with a non-toxic option. And then also, yeah. So the food sensitivities is a stressor, the gut infections, the environmental toxins and the, the um, uh, mental emotional stress. So that's where I go. And then 
like looking at sleep and doing the diet, doing the elimination diet with your partner. Amazing, Sarah. So much information in just as as well, just right now in that short answer, so much information that again, I'm sure people are going, I didn't realize that. Oh, I haven't thought about that. So very valuable. Thank you so much for sharing. Now you can very much tell you've got a beautiful, lovely manner. So you're a certified life and health coach, which you mentioned before. How important is the mindset when it comes to fertility? Yeah, I really, I do believe it's key. Like we, we talk about the elimination diet and, you know, looking at gut infections and all of that. But if, if you, well, first of all, if you don't believe it's going to work, that's a huge clue, right? To, and so that's a stressor. That's that negative loop on your mind saying it's not going to work. I won't be a mother. You know, it, it's going to be hard. I will to struggle. And maybe even right now as we're in the middle of the pandemic, is it safe to bring a baby into the world? Like all those different negative mindsets that we get stuck on. We're not even aware that we're thinking. So we use um, emotional freedom technique too. So tapping, we also include that in the program to be able to help. It identifies trauma and then it helps move it out of the body quite, quite quickly. It's really, it's a really effective technique. Um, So mindset is really, you know, there's the meditation, the visualization, like all those things. And just to kind of figure out, what works for you. I feel like one tip out of that is really, I would just do some breathing, like breathing, like a four, seven, eight breath where you're in for four, hold for seven, out for eight and set a little alarm on your phone. You can do that, you know, maybe two or three times a day. And a lot of the times we're like breathing through our chest. We've got our shoulders at our ears. Maybe we're keeping our stomach all contracted. Like how do we push the belly out, do some belly breathing you know, breathe, breathe in in and out through our mouth. And that just helps us get into more of that like rest, digest. So out of that fight or flight and like into the rest or digest or the parasympathetics, we want to always kind of move, move into that. Cause a lot of the times we're, yeah, like the infertility is stressful. And, and especially if we've got caught up in like with IVF, which a lot of most people that come to me have had at least one failed, you know, one failed IVF or more. So um, many people think, you know, they may do all these generalized recommendations and then go to IVF and it could take an average of three cycles at a, at a cost of like over $60,000 for, for a, a successful IVF. So, you know, to our, our thing is like, let's look to see, well, why hasn't it worked and how do we, you know, dig into some healing opportunities that the conventional side of things may have missed. But with like the mindset is, first of all, is just to tell someone. Many people haven't even told anyone they're struggling. I know uh, Meghan Markle just came out about the miscarriage she had just recently and wrote an article in the, um, the, the New York Times about that. And it was all over the fertility community that you know, they're happy that she's, you know, sharing, not ha- happy, but like giving a voice to this. So many people aren't even able to tell anyone especially with a miscarriage, maybe you didn't even tell anyone you were pregnant, then how do you go and tell them you've had a loss? So that piece, like some celebrities are coming out, Chrissy Teigen had a, had a a loss there with her, her little child. And there was a lot of backlash and where she had pictures of her, of her little son that had passed away. And, and people are like, how could she do this? And like, if if you haven't gone through it, it is, it's to, there can be very people, very harsh judgments. So it is, I think more people opening up the conversation around how painful this is, it helps other people to know like it's it's to share your story and not with everyone. You got to share it how it feels right for you. And so a lot of that just to get some of those things off your chest to a trusted person, to a coach, a therapist, you know, if you're in a group to in a group setting, whatever feels right, but not to like keep pushing it down going, I'm fine, I'm fine, because that just prolongs the suffering. 
Now, I also understand, and we have mentioned before about the about the couples coaching program, or we haven't talked about the program specifically, but the couples coaching, but I do want to talk about this program specifically. So can you tell us a little bit about this and why it's so important for couples to embark on this journey together? Yeah, I really, like in the beginning, I was coaching women and I really, there was the missing link. He, you know, she'd be saying, you know, he's doing this over here or not that he wasn't supportive, but, you know, she's making all these, these, these changes to her diet and lifestyle and he... He's not. And, and so even if it is female factor infertility, it's important for everyone to, to be aligned. And it's like healthy parents, healthy pregnancy, healthy baby. We really strongly believe in having the couples together to doing this, that, you know, doing the, the test. We're, we're looking at blood chemistry for both of them, not to diagnose, but to educate. You see what's been missed. And, and as I say, men and women handle infertility differently. So just because he's being, he's quiet about it doesn't mean he's, he's not, you know, struggling. And also from a, a physical stressor standpoint, we see a lot of infections being passed back between each other. And even when the partner's like, my semen analysis is fine. We typically in his blood chemistry are, are still finding things to optimize his health. Otherwise, you know, they'd be pregnant. So even if it is female, there's still things what we found most of the time with, with the male partner are either looking at his glucose levels or maybe his, you know, his lipids, that things are off with his cholesterol, or um, maybe he's just dehydrated. He's not drinking enough water. Maybe he's like working himself more than 50 hours a week. And like when the baby comes, how are they going to have time as a couple? Maybe they've drifted apart and their communication has gotten, you know, gotten poor. So it's really, the whole thing is to bring the couple together. So they just have this really solid, solid foundation for, you know, mind, body, spirit for their future child. Now I want to talk about conflicting information or generalized information. So when it comes to pregnancy, now I'm sure you see many couples who've tried to do this or, or that sort of on, and especially on their own as well, but found it very difficult. So can you explain why a targeted approach is more successful over that general approach? Yeah, I think because many people have tried the diet, they could be doing keto, or they could be doing paleo, or they're doing whole 30, you know, all these different diets that are out, whatever the diet of the of the day is, people are typically, you know, they've tried it, but it, then it hasn't worked, because that diet did work for someone, that's why they developed it. But we're all different. So that's why like the gold standard really, like really is the elimination diet. That's what I say everyone should do is the elimination diet and then figure out, tweak it further with food sensitivity tests. That's the, the targeted piece and the generalized recommendations and the fertility side of things. There are so many, like the fertility superfoods where you're going to pound up on avocados and you're going to eat, you know, salmon, you're going to have like all, you know, all your healthy fats, which can be good, but maybe you're intolerant to avocado. I don't know. And maybe, maybe if you're doing, maybe you're doing nuts and they're too hard on your, your, your digestion and that's harming you. Or maybe like they say to have, you know, the, the thing of the fertility community is the pineapple, but maybe the bromelain and the pineapple is, has caused an issue in your body. Um, maybe the fact that maybe you have a glucose issue and your blood sugar is off and you're pounding back melons and pineapple smoothies every day. And that's like too, too much sugar for your body. And then that's impacting your blood sugar, which then impacts your sex hormones. Um, yeah, like it's those those generalized recommendations, even on the fertility diet by the Harvard, the Harvard nurses study, they're talking about doing like complex carbs, which can be good. Um, but like, say for you, gluten is an issue. And most of the time we see a theme of people having non celiac gluten sensitivity. Like when we do the gluten, when we do a test, we use a, the food sensitivity test, typically gluten is like off the chart. It's so high for people. Um, 
not everyone, but typically the people that we're seeing that that is the one of the themes we see. So you could be having your nice complex carbs and having whole wheat toast every day. And maybe that's causing inflammation in your body. Same with dairy eating. Let's eat full fat dairy. That's one of the recommendations from the fertility diet. While, you know, there's a huge percentage of people that are intolerant to dairy. And even if you say you're lactose intolerant and you're still taking pills for it, you could be not the, the lactose. It could be the casein that you're actually intolerant, the protein and, and milk. And, um, and, and yeah, and that could be causing an issue. So it's all these things where you could be like, it's, I like that analogy. You're in the coal mine, you're chipping away your little ax and then you turn around before the goal, you get to the gold on the other side. So you could be doing a lot of things, right. But it's like, how do we just like tweak it? So it's for you. Like those are generalized using the test, the testing, taking that targeted approach. And we just fast track this thing. And that's like, that's what I've seen. That's, that's been successful. That's worked for my clients and really, um, you then you just stop wasting time. So good. Now let's talk about food. So you're the author of three incredible books, Supercharge Your Fertility Naturally, Fabulously Fertile Cookbook and Fertility Preparation Program. So how important is the food that we eat when it comes to fertility? And you've sort of already mentioned uh, some very important tips already. Yeah, it really is. Like what you place in your fork every day does matter. And I think so many mistakes around, around diet that people are again, eating seemingly healthy foods that are not healthy for their, for their, their body. Yeah. I just think there's just the, the, the people get diet and, and also um, even if they're just making the changes, maybe their partner, we see a lot of people with the, the non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And in that case, we recommend the whole household going gluten-free because if you're that sensitive and your partner's off having a beer or a bun, he comes home, gives you a kiss. Even those crumbs on your lip could cause a sensitivity in your body for like weeks or months. So that piece is, is key. Yeah. Like with the diet, I think it's like those superfoods, like where are, are they right for you? The generalized recommendations, it's the generalized side of things, right? Where, where if you're using testing, it, it just helps to, to target it in and, and be able to figure out, well, what, you know, what's right for you. And I just think there's, it was waste time. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said before, it's the sort of fast track, isn't it? To get straight onto, like you said, what what's what's right for you or you as a couple. That's that's great. Now, what are some of the things that couples can get checked or get help with if they seem to have what we would call unexplained infertility? Yeah, unexplained infertility. Like the first place I'd start with, like we have a blood chemistry review, so we look at your blood chemistry. It includes your glucose levels, your lipids, your iron, your vitamin D. It's a full full panel. Your like a full thyroid panel. Um, and to see, and this is looking at your blood chem, um, not to diagnose, but to educate. And it's looking at it through functional levels. So those are for healthy people, as opposed to your, your, your conventional doctor will look at it through conventional levels, which are people that have disease. So it's just, it just flags it earlier. It's tighter reference ranges. Like we've seen people that, you know, their TSH for the thyroid is, it's been flagged as normal, but in the functional level, it should be below two or, or 1.5 and theirs is at three. Well, that's a, that's a flag, you know, wait a minute. Most people we've seen with, most people we deal with in general have got an issue with their thyroid, which is the canary in the coal mine. You know, why is the thyroid off? And it's not the thyroid. It could be like a subclinical issue that, you know, maybe you've got issues in the gut or in the liver. So um, like with unexplained infertility, like there could be issues with like your, your blood sugar. We see that very regularly too, where people are eating like a, maybe a higher carb diet that's not right for them. So it's like after they have a meal, we have people uh, um, test with a, a glucose monitor to see what's happening with your blood sugar. Is it spiking, which then is impacting your, your sex hormones. So it is to then be able, and maybe it's the rice that you had that big 
cup of rice, maybe that's sending your blood sugar up, or maybe that's too much potato for you, spiking your blood sugar again. So, you know, what's missed there, looking at a full thyroid panel, like people looking at just looking at TSH, getting focused on that, when we're looking at like full antibodies, we've had people come to us with unexplained, and they actually have Hashimoto's, which that's not unexplained. Um, And so to me, in the functional approach, it's not unexplained. There is a reason and, you know, or people with low vitamin D and we all, you know, in the time of COVID, we're all, I think, supplementing with vitamin D because that's been shown to help with, you know, with, with immunity. But we see a lot of people with vitamin D, like it's in the toilet, it's in the single digits or in the, in the, in the teens when for functionally you want it, you know, between, um, between 70 to 80. So it's like, well, why is it low? Which could be it's low because maybe there's a gut infection, maybe there's autoimmunity, Maybe there's, you know, there's could be a food sensitivity. So other issues as to why it's low. Yeah, unexplained. It's typically, we see people with, uh, I'm just thinking of the one person that, that comes to mind where she had came in unexplained. It was Hashimoto's. She ended up having gut infections. She had a high sensitivity to gluten and other cross reactors to gluten. And she's able to make those changes. And she got, she was able to get pregnant. She did go, she ended up going to IVF and is, is pregnant. So it's, it's and looking at both her and her husband. So it's, it wasn't unexplained. And she was, she was uh, in the healthcare profession too. Mm-hmm. So even more educated than the, 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 you know, the general population and still all that was missed. Yeah, absolutely. Now, mm-hmm. lastly, Sarah, this interview has been amazing. Now, what is your best piece of advice for couples embarking on this journey together? I really, I really do think to, to, first of all, to, even though if you're dealing with female fat infertility, for you guys to be on the same page about how you want to handle it and saying, you know what, before, to me, before you go to IVF and you spend tens of thousands of dollars on that, just figure out, well, why is it not working in the first place? And you're, you're you know, you go to a fertility clinic, they're, they're basically trained to then, we're going to give you medication, you'll start an IUI, you'll do an IVF, that's where you're going to go down there. They're not they only receive over, you know, one week of, of, of nutrition training. It's, it's not in their wheelhouse. So it's not to say to exclude your RE, but to have that healing round table where you have your RE, you have your OBGYN, but you have your fertility coach, you can have your chiro, you can have your nutrition practitioner, your acupuncturist, but, but you're in the center. And a lot of times we're just like, Ooh, the person in the white coat and off we go. And we've mm-hmm. forgotten about, well, first of all, we've forgotten about ourselves that we know our body best. And then there's all the other other team and just to bring everyone in and all at once, but each person can come in, you know, as, as you see fit and really being able to address, we always say to address the healing opportunities. What are the missed healing opportunities? Otherwise you'd be pregnant. So pushing it with medication and most people, because we're coaching a busy professional type a Uber, I want my baby yesterday kind of person. I was the same way. like, you know, but it's taking two steps back to then take one giant leap forward. And like the epigenetic side of things where, you know, you're looking at the health of your children, which then impacts your children's children. You know, you are a product of, you know, your mom, your grandma, like everyone kind of down the line. So, you know, diet and lifestyle would either be turned on or off by disease and illness. So it's like, we all have that tipping point. And right now, if you've got that infertility diagnosis, there's a tipping point, your body's like, she's yelling, help, you know, something's up and pumping it full of medication is not the answer. It's like, because the health crisis, so I did that. And then the health crisis still came, you know, I still had all those issues. So um, to me addressing it now, so you'll have a 
healthy child. Both my kids have food sensitivities. I didn't address any of that mood issues. Um, you know, my postpartum period was not the best time. I was like super cranky and irritable, um, you know, and so it's like to be able to look at this stuff now to have a healthy postpartum period, have a healthy children. It all matters and can be overwhelming, but basically you just decide to start and you decide to look a little deeper and listen, like listen to your intuition as to what it's trying to tell you. Great advice. Now, thank you for such a wonderfully informative interview. I have no doubt that many of our listeners will be putting all of this information and your great tips into action. Now, if you'd like to contact Sarah or learn more about Fab Fertile, you can find them online at fabfertile.com and also on social media at Fab Fertile. All the links will be available in the podcast tab this episode. Thanks again, Sarah. This has been great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today and learning all the things you need to know about nutrition and your body. If you want to learn more about today's topic or have a question you'd like answered, please jump onto my website, thetravellingnutritionistaustralia.com and find the podcast tab. All the references are also available should you wish to dive a little deeper. Remember, it's not the things that you eat and do occasionally that matter. It's the things that you eat and do every day that really count. Until next time, always choose the good stuff because you and your health are worth it. The